I'm gonna make him an offer again. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Go ahead. Make it my day. So, um, it was Easter last Sunday. It was. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just got in the mail today. Actually, I probably got it a couple days ago. I just didn't get a chance to get to the office. Uh, Rising of the Guardians. Oh, so, I finally got to see that. And what did you think of it? Uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was something about it that didn't quite get it, like, um, super, oh, my God, amazing. Mm-hmm. But I really, really liked it. So I think yeah. the cast was great. The design was just great. I love Sandy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just love the way that, I mean, it just was sort of a unique look at sort of that whole world of these make-believe guys you know like it's like a plausible way of like saying hey they exist but they only exist as long as people believe in them you know and if nobody knows who you are then you don't i mean you could be around it's kind of cruel actually if you think about it it's like you're actually here but nobody believes in you so nobody can see you anymore you can't do anything yeah it was very um it it had that same element that the never-ending story had right back in the day um i mean clearly a different complete different movie but that same that same thing with the nothing right you know uh, the nothing was because the kids were no longer believing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's the same kind of feel that they could fade away if people didn't believe in them true we have to figure out how to get people to believe in them again yep it's like a oh. metaphor it's like a metaphor for getting twitter followers basically <laughs> Yeah, if you don't believe in me, I don't exist. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, Do you think that, you know, the only thing that I kind of was wondering, though, is if I pulled that movie together, if those would have been the particular people that I would have chosen as the guardians. You know, Santa Claus makes sense. The Easter Bunny makes sense. Mm -hmm. The Tooth Fairy makes sense to a point. But then when it came to Sandman, I was I was kind of like while Sandy would was you, cool, I was like, who would my fourth have been? I don't know that he would have come to my. And you would think Jack Frost would be a villain. Right. That sounds like a villain's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds so, like trying to put ice all over the world or something. Right. You know, the Boogeyman made sense as being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I can't figure out. I'm like, who would have my other ones have been? You know, in American culture, mm, I should right? Well, it's a, it's almost like you have to go through like pick up Grimm's fairy tales and be like, all right, which you know would it be one of these characters or would it be something else? You know, because you actually, I mean, like you have the Easter Bunny and you have Santa Claus. They're obviously related to major holidays, mm-hmm. right? Uh, year. <laughs> what's Baby. that? Baby, Baby New Year. <laughs> Baby New Year. I can see as um, what's his name from Who's Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Yeah, baby Huey or whatever his name was. Yeah, when you know he plays the baby part, but then he he get done and he he pulls out a cigar and starts smoking and talking crass. What am I supposed to do to get a diaper change around here? I mean, Uncle Sam. Hmm. Or uh, trying to think of the American holidays that it would have been around, you know, kind of Americanized version or Sam Hain. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird because it's like there's not a whole lot that would really fit the bill as far as I think if you're gonna do the um, if you're gonna do like the the New Year's baby, you have to do the old man too, and they could be like That's the Wonder not... Twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I like that idea. The old man is kind of more Gandalfy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I could see, and he probably would have been a little more Gandalfy in in this whole thing. Ooh, you know what? It would be. Yeah, the old man would be very Gandalfy, but the baby would be the kick-ass, uh, you know. Like kick-ass, the, yeah. the girl, the girl in kick-ass. Yeah. Hit girl. Hit girl. girl. Exactly. Hit baby. <laughs> Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's just, and we have the cigar and a bit like, yeah, you want to come at this kid here and roll up my sleeves and whoop. He's oh, got I, I know what his tag. I know what his tagline would be. Mm. I'm gonna knock you in the next year. There you go. Ah! Huzzah! Thank you very much. <laughs> Kablam! <clears throat> you could also, and and it's it would almost be like uh and at the end of the 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 movie the new movie you know maybe it's uh, Guardians Two the Electric Boogaloo and oh, oh and this this twins. <laughs> twins here and you get but it's december like it just christmas just happened or and or is about is just happening and so then we roll over to the new year and we've just you know beaten a bad bad boss someone's trying to keep it from turning to the new year oh there you go that'd probably be it well what what i'm thinking is the old guy dies yeah. Because the new year is born. You know, that, I suppose it's may, maybe the new year is actually really ba- is, is one person, but it's always based. What he can do is based off of what part of the year it is. Right. Oh, OK. Like he starts as a baby on January 1st and then December 20, December 31st. He's an old man. He's an old man. And so each year it's a new year, baby. <laughs> he gives birth. Hey, but, well, he, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say he gives birth, but like, like <laughs> the old one dies, but he kind of like fades into dust, and it's kind of like a phoenix sort of thing. Yeah, he, regenera- he regenerates every yeah. year. There you go. Bring yeah. Doctor Who into this one. Mm-hmm. The TARDIS comes in. I'm kidding. Well, I don't, I don't need it. No, no TARDIS. But, no TARDIS is needed. But it, it would be kind of like the the resurrection of Sandy sort of thing, you know. Right. Except it, it's like he he dies, but and then just kind of falls into dust. But then as the then all of a sudden the magic happens and and things all all kind of coalesce into a new baby. Yeah. <laughs> true, it's true. Now, what did you guys? What did you think about it? Um, I mean, people compared it quite often because it it. To the Avengers, right? Yeah, you know, they kind of made it the Avengers for kids. You know, that's what I heard a lot from people. Uh, what do you guys think about that? 
Well, I mean, it is a sort of superhero team up movie in a way. So, I mean, I think it's a valid thing to try to compare to. Does the comparison hold up? I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it does, but I mean, it's very similar. You have a team of people trying to fight against a big bad guy that's trying to destroy the world, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's similar on a basic level. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. fair. Yeah. Superhero team. Maybe, maybe it's more like Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Yeah. Which kind of would because, you know, Rocket Which Rocket. Is- well, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out as a movie. Yeah. And and it's also uh, being reignited in, in comic book form, too, which has been kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've heard – now, I haven't been following the development of that movie very much, but I heard that they've added a bad guy or something to it for the movie. Like there was just one and now there's more than one. But yeah, I, don't I yeah, I don't know. I know that they've. I know that they put Batista in the movie. Really? Yeah, he's going to be <clears> playing <throat> one of the characters. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name, but Drax? it's the green, the green guy. Oh, Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, Drax. Yeah, Drax the Destroyer. That's it. I couldn't remember Drax's name for a second. But yeah, yeah. Batista. Batista is apparently going to be Drax the Destroyer. I'll have to. I'll have to see if I can find it. I actually watched it this morning before I left for work. That. Uh, basically uh, Marvel Studios posted a video that was kind of like showing how Iron Man 3 is sort of like the entry into the like they all their movies before the Avengers were leading up to the Avengers and now they've got Iron Man 3 and all these other movies coming out with the new Thor sequel and the Captain America sequel and Guardians of the Galaxy that are all going to sort of lead up to the Avengers too. Mm-hmm. So they they had sort of like little clips and, and little blurbs about all these movies that are in development right now. So it was kind of interesting. If I can find it, I'll make sure I post it on the Facebook site. It's really cool. But um, yeah, for me, uh, I kept it close to something, you know, I already seen and it was something I was really looking forward to, which is watching monsters Inc in 3d. Um, I didn't get to see it in the theaters when it came out uh, briefly. Uh, I did see it this original run way back when. Uh, I don't even remember when that first one came out. Was it like 2001 or two, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. Um, But it's always been one of my favorites. And uh, seeing it in 3D, they did obviously it's it's a little easier to do a conversion on a 3D animated film. Uh, it was done really well, and the end sequence, the the doors sequence at the end of the movie, was freaking amazing. I just wish that I could have like seen that on a on a real big screen. That would have been fun. I mean, there were there's a couple parts in it when it was like you get that initial like sort of queasiness that you get in a roller coaster as you like go over the top of a hill. Cause you just kind of get a really good sense of depth and it, it really sort of gets you into that mode of, Oh my God, here we go over the top of something. Whoa. <laughs> so that was my, uh, that was my old movie. Um, you know, so not, not nothing too kind of an old new movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not too old. Not everything. Too old. 
Everything old is new again. Well, right. well, I, I looked it up. Monsters Inc. came out in 2001, so it technically is like 12 years old right now. Yeah. So uh, it is an old movie, just the new 3D that was added. It just—it's amazing to think that it's that old—that old. Like I know. Um, and of course, you know, just the other day they announced the sequel for Finding Nemo. Finding Dory. Yeah, Finding Dory. Yeah, and the, and and my favorite part of uh, that whole post was uh, your comment. Now, where's my damn Incredibles sequel? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God no. damn it! I have heard that so many times recently. I was yeah. watching something. I was watching um, some kind of comparative conversation between three different people, where they were talking about all kinds of things that were coming out from um, what they're kind of expecting from the next Avengers movie. Um, cause there's a new Avengers picture out. Mm. I don't, I don't know if it's official or not, but it has like Miss Marvel, Spider, Spider Woman and Ant-Man in it. Right. And word on the street is that Ant-Man is getting his own movie finally. He is. Yeah. Yep. That, that was in that video that I talked about. Yep. 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 So there's a couple different things that are you know out there and so i decided to listen to this see what they had to say and then they started going into finding dory and they kept saying we want the incredibles mm -hmm. you know and you know and maybe we'll get finally because now that they're doing more now that pixar is doing more sequels maybe we'll finally get an incredible sequel it would be you cool. know after a while who knows but um uh, you know, speaking of kind of the past movies, since we're on that thing, I got finally got a chance to see two that I've been wanting to see, but I missed yeah. in the theater. Yeah. Um, one was End of Watch. What did you think? With Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, okay. I thought it was interesting. I, mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I like the way that they chose to film it mm -hmm. in that kind of documentary style. Um, because it definitely puts you in the first person shooter kind of, you know, mm -hmm. position. Right. Um, so I, you know what, I think that that actually did a good thing for the movie because you didn't always see what was around the corner. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so I think for this specific movie, it worked well, um, for, and, you know, and, you know, like kind of like when you saw that they came into a room full of bodies, you 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 didn't see it ahead of time. Right. You know, because you were only coming from their perspective. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was, um, you know, you actually got to see it from a police officer's perspective. Yeah. What I really liked, what I really liked about that film was that. I felt the dialogue was really good. Like the interaction between the characters was awesome. Like I felt like this is what it would be like if I was sitting around sort of riding around with these two guys. Like, right. Yeah. This is exactly what you would have gotten. Right. right. It, it didn't feel very like it didn't feel very cinematic, but not in a bad way. You know what right. I mean? For, for a first person perspective movie, it did. It came off actually pretty true. Yeah. With a high production value. Yeah. I, I do believe it because I saw, I saw that with a friend of mine. And when we walked out of the movie, he's like, I think that's the best movie I've ever seen. I mean, he was like blown away by it. So. Yeah. I, I mean, some of the stuff I didn't I didn't feel was I felt like there was some stuff that wasn't realistic. But mm -hmm. then again, I've never been a cop in L.A. 
right. know, so I can't say that I would know, you know, what what that was going to be like. Right. Um, but I did. I did actually like seeing like America Ferrera as a hard ass cop. Mm-hmm. That was that was something I never thought I would see. Yeah. And then the girl from Magic Mike. Okay. As a cop, I was like, what right. the hell? You know, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was some interesting stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt awful for the rookie. Oh my yeah. god. Um, you know, and some of the stuff that happened, you know, but but I, you know, as a whole, like I couldn't find myself stopping watching the movie. Right. You know, and it was pretty, and it was an intense movie. Oh so, yeah, it was very intense. So I, I definitely, I, if you like police drama kind of stuff, or you know, kind of thriller kind of movies, I definitely recommend it for people. No. Uh, just know that you're not it's not cinematic as far as like you're not looking at it from afar you're looking at it kind of like cloverfield it's it's not cinematic yeah. and and i also felt that the trailer sort of made it feel like it was going to be much more of an action film true and and it, it really there's a wasn't lot of talking. there's a lot yeah. of talking. yeah there's a lot of just kind of riding around listening to people talk and and seeing you know so I, I thought that was again. Usually, when a movie does something, I don't expect it to do. Like I walk into there thinking it's going to be this sort of cop buddy action flick, right? No. And it turns into a really more serious, you know, drama. Really, with some with some action in it, and well, and and you get and you get from this movie too that these are not necessarily everyday police officers, right? You know, most police officers, in at least in, in their precincts where they work, you know, most of them are kind of f- flying on their daily responsibilities. Right. These guys are always on the hunt for action. Right. Well, they got it. <laughs> yeah, they definitely uh, did. You know, because, you know, they're, they're you know, and so it, it almost comes off as like a cautionary tale. But at the same time, like, I'm kind of glad that they didn't back off it. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, it really does show that people do put their life on the line. Yes. Job. So um, it was pretty interesting how they chose to go with it. So there's some stuff that I didn't really care for. But overall, definitely think it was it's worth a watch mm-hmm. um, and definitely worth something to um you know, worth something to put your time into if you if you like that genre, you know. And when they say end of watch, you know that typically means somebody dies. So, yeah. uh, you know, so just be prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> don't be don't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and when they find their lieutenant, mm-hmm. that was not a happy day. Yeah. But, yeah, but that was one I finally got to see. Um, and then the other one I finally sat down and watched was Sinister. Okay. Uh, which is the one with Ethan Hawke, uh, where he is a writer, mm-hmm. and he moves into a new house and comes across these uh, films and stuff that are in the attic, and comes to realize that uh, the there's a demon in the films, which is right. kind of in the images. It- it's the one where, like, if you watch it or whatever, it allows the demon to sort of come out Correct. and possess you or whatever. Okay. It's, it's really freaky where, like, he's looking at his computer screen and he turns away and then the picture moves. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the the whole concept of that demon is really interesting, too. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I don't know how – well, you know, I guess it's okay to spoil since it's been out there for that long. But the whole concept of the demon is that the demon entices children. Right. To um, – like he only he only goes at families with kids mm-hmm. and ends up getting one of the kids to turn on the family. Ah. Uh. Kill the family. And then he takes the kid. Gotcha. So it's this really twisted tale of this whole thing. And what you come to realize is that it's like wherever – it's like – how did they put it? It's like if the death occurred in this house, mm-hmm. the next family that moved into the house, mm-hmm. um, the death would occur within their family. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was like this whole connection of like, if I lived in this house, where the, where <clears throat> I ended up moving into this other house. It's like the the tapes would go back to the house where I lived previously. Mm-hmm. So it was like this: all the families were connected, okay, and, because they all lived in similar houses. You know, not necessarily the same house, but like there was a cycle of. If it happened in this house and then you moved into that house and it was like this weird connections. And um, so he, he, when he put himself in that house because he wanted to stay there to find out what happened there, he put himself directly in the line of. Oh, so it was a house that sort of had a reputation because of all the things that had happened. So Ethan Hawke's character was moved there on purpose. Is that. His family, his family moved around a lot because of his writing. Uh-huh. Actually, he was a crime writer, mm-hmm. so he would uh, he wrote novels about different crimes that happened in cities and stuff. So he moved into this house knowing what had happened there, but never told his family. Ah, uh, gotcha. So the course of them living there, of course, the wife finds out, and she's furious that she's in a house where a murder took place. You know, and all kinds of stuff, and that's part of the whole concept of it. Um, <laughs> no, so it, it was actually pretty. I mean, it was pretty. It's a pretty nightmarish film. <laughs> you yeah, know, did, I, did it have any good scares? Oh, it has. It has some good scares. Yeah, yeah. It definitely because to me, I mean, the story can be great and all that, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't freak me out at all, I think, I think it's like. We're, where where the freak out moments really come is when he kind of finally realizes what's going on, uh-huh. you know, right? Uh, you know, and you come across certain little things that happen, like, you know, when you once he realizes, oh my god, it's the kids that are doing the killing, right? You know, and then all of a sudden his daughter like leaves him a note like saying good night, daddy. Mm. It's like why did they say good night? It's only the afternoon, <laughs> like wakes up like strapped to a chair <laughs> you know <laughs> you know <laughs> kids are kids are creepy anyway so exactly. so it's sort of, <clears throat> so like oh shit what's gonna happen now? right <laughs> kind of thing and uh you know and dead children are just not you know yeah <laughs> you know you know, so there there's some creepiness into it. And I think probably the creepiest thing is when you start seeing the creature or the demon. The demon. Yeah, the demon just kind of popping up in things. Is he is he kind of clown like? Uh what I remember. Kinda looks like a clown. Yeah. 
but it's more of a he's got a white face uh-huh. white face and like long black robes and <clears throat> so he's kind of I don't I don't remember what they called him but he kind of looks like I guess you know I guess for like a rare term he could look like a really evil clown but if I was a kid he would not be something I would be like attracted to right one go up to him and be like hey how are you you look cute you know yes. so it's more like a clown fucked the bad guy from scream kind of yeah, kind of yeah exactly <laughs> yeah the clown if you know pennywise and the guy from scream had a baby <laughs> would be that, sinister that's frightening <laughs> so yeah so sinister if you like if you like creepy movies you know, creepy horror movies, it's sinister. I think it's worthwhile for people to check out. Cool. Uh, trivia. Uh, it was written by C. Robert Cargill, who lives in Austin, Texas. Huh? Yeah, actually, he was on the NSFW show last night as part of their summer movie draft. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, he got uh, he spent all hundred of his uh cargo credits or whatever you called it and got uh, the hangover part three this is the end white house down pacific rim and 300 rise of an empire cool so for that we draft so okay weird trivia sorry about that yeah okay <laughs> um uh moving on into uh speaking of um uh, magical mystical elements or the lack thereof in this case uh, um, oh, I had a visitor over this last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we went to see Oz the Great and Powerful. Okay. In the theaters, uh, so he well I, he he was a pretty pretty much already uh, a Wizard of Oz, huge Wizard of Oz fan. Okay. And um, so that was uh, I, you know I was like okay what we want to go to the Alamo Draft House because I want to give you an Alamo Draft House experience. So I was like. All right, so we've got Oz the Great and Powerful sold. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he didn't even really have to say anything else. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I was about to say another movie, uh, but then he just kind of was like, hey, he got me. Um, so James Franco mm-hmm. um, is perfect for this role, actually. <laughs> Mainly because Oscar, the Oz... Um, quite frequently during this movie, the character overacts. Yes. And, uh, and that's exactly what James Franco did. That's a very good, strong point of James Franco. Um, I do think that he did some of his more tender, non overacting moments pretty well too. So uh, he's growing on me. I, I don't mind James Franco as an actor. In fact, I think ever since we saw um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I've I've had a little more respect for him. And then I forget, I think he maybe he was on the Howard Stern show or something, and you know I found out that he was like he's like super smart, like super super smart. Like he's going to Yale or MIT right now. Oh, yeah. And I would never ever have pegged him as like somebody who's like actively going to school for something i pick him as like a dude who after he's done making a movie goes into his trailer and smokes like three pounds of weed 
He's a he's a he's a shaggy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit of pirate. Um that, or, yes. And but uh yeah, I was quite impressed with his performance. Uh I thought all the witches did their jobs very well. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought it was very clever. Um the finale. Yeah. What I mean, did you overall did you like the movie? I mean, I really liked it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I loved the monkey. Yes, the monkey was good. Uh, which was the the, and it was kind of interesting to have the ba- basically the what was originally from the original movie as the companion for our hero. Of course, then they took the actual characters, which would have been from the movie, and um, created them even scarier than normal. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is getting that, but you've got like a crazy echo on you, Jeff. Yeah, I was hearing the echo. I don't know how that came okay. through, though, because it's, I'm hearing it, too. Okay, it's gone now. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw it, too, um, and I thought it was a very... Um, I thought it was a very pretty mo- movie. Um, I did like some of the characters. I thought again, I liked the monkey and I loved um the China doll. I thought she was great. And it, it took me forever to notice that the sign said Chinatown. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, overall, I mean, I don't consider myself like a huge fan of Wizard of Oz, and uh, I kind of had a debate about this with my oldest sister because she's like a huge wizard of oz fan although not a fan of the 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 books just the the original film movie um musical and that was her biggest complaint she's like you know what was missing from that movie music like (laughs) she wanted them to be singing and you know and i'm like i don't know if that's going to go over so well with modern audiences but i understand what you're saying especially if you're Mm -hmm. you know a big fan of that one um my i think my biggest problem with it is that um echo um did not like the character of oz very much um, the fact that he ended up being sort of responsible for creating the Wicked Witch because he's kind of a douchebag mm-hmm. made me lose any sort of empathy for them at the end. So I was just kind of like, so you just turn this lady into a fucking crazy person and you're all like, eh, she's evil. We're going to blame her for everything. And when she's gone, we're all happy. So I think that was my... Uh, my main dislike of the film, you know, was it, it, no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious, everybody, everybody and their mama has been like, this is an awesome movie. This is an awesome movie. You know, it, was it that awesome? Um, I mean, like I said, visually, I thought it was amazing. I like that they tried to do the same sort of like, you know, the the beginning of the film is in black and white. And as soon as you get into Oz, it, it turns into color, which sort of like slaps you in the face. Mm. Um, I do like how they did the same, you know, like in the original film, how like a lot of the people from 
the black and white part of the film ended up playing characters in the color part of the film, but they're playing another character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was that part of that in there. And I thought it was kind of an homage to that, to show that same sort of thing. Um, the story was okay. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the story. The biggest problem I had was I had no empathy for their plight really, because basically, uh, okay. Basically, you know, Oz is sort of a well he's a con artist mm-hmm. right and he's he's a con artist not only to like pull one over on you know his people that come to see a show but also like oh I have this this girl who you know I'm going to tell her that I'm in love with her and you know we're going to be together forever but I don't really mean it and then basically when she sees him pulling the same thing on another girl she gets all mad and crazy and turns into the wicked witch. Okay. You know, so it's kind of like, and then they're all like, Oh, the wicked witch is bad. And we're all going to, you know, work to get rid of her. And then I'm like, she's only the wicked witch because this douchebag was <laughs> an asshole. Well, it, it's basically the whole, the whole idea of like, no, she's a psycho, everybody. Right. So he made her a psycho. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was my problem with it. That's, you know, I would have much liked it rather to have been like, you know, that she was evil to begin with or something. You know, she'd always been evil. She just had a bad temper, really, before before uh, he met her. And then when he pulled that stuff on her, she just went all crazy and turned green. <laughs> uh, uh, that's yeah. an interesting concept of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but overall, it was it was an okay film. I didn't think it was incredible. Mm. I would agree with that uh. assessment. I still still think it was kind of worth going to see. It was interesting because uh, I was sitting next to um, uh, some kids mm-hmm. uh, in the theater, and it was like I was like, oh my god, I have kids sitting next to me. But right. a the kids were quiet, uh, actually pretty quiet. So no problem. <laughs> but my favorite part was occasionally they went to uh, seek comfort from their mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, there were some there were some points in that film that were pretty scary. For I, I heard kids. that. I heard that from my sister-in-law because yeah. she took the kids to go see it. Yeah. And she said that there were she you know, post warning to all of the mommies. <laughs> she was like, there are some scary moments. Be prepared. Yeah, be ready. <laughs> and, and I don't think – I think there were enough to that it would st- scare the kids, but it then brings it back in. You know? Yeah, like I mean – appearance, appearance of the uh, Wicked Witch of the West from the, from the fireball, that's kind of scary. Um, actually, uh, the whole final scene with the wizard uh, can be kind of kind of scary too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you you look at it in terms of like the old film. I mean, there were moments in the old, I remember being a little kid and being scared of parts of the original. You know, those flying monkeys in the original one were pretty damn creepy. Mm-hmm. If you look at their faces, because they were kind of like masks. You know, they right. had really bad prosthetics on their faces, so it looked like they were wearing masks. They were like these really evil monkey masks, and they were just creepy. And then like. You know, I remember being freaked out by um, 
when uh, what's her name, uh, Mrs. Gulch, when she takes the dog, you know, like she's gonna take the dog and like drown him in the river. I was like, no, you can't take the dog and drown him in the river. Oh my god, you know, right. So there, there were parts in the original one that was pretty scary. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, like, a lot of people were scared by the original Flying Monkeys. Um, I just think that there's, there are similar moments in this one. It doesn't maintain that scariness throughout the whole film, though. But the, the Flying Monkeys in this one are pretty darn scary. If I was a little kid. You know. And Bruce Campbell uh, was in the movie, of course, because it was the same Raimi joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays uh, Winky <clears throat> Gatekeeper um, when they're trying to get back into the the city. So yeah, he plays uh, the okay. the guy that's who goes there. Who goes know? there, guy? Gotcha. Yeah. And dude. Nunk gets him gets to uh, uh, Nunk uh, gets to like, mm. hit him in the head and stuff yeah no. i am the talent herald did did you think it was a little long no no see i thought but, it was... at least it didn't feel that way yeah I, I thought there was i thought there was uh i mean it's it's two hours long two or a little over two hours long and i was like oh there's a little bit of this i would probably cut you know but uh you know, all that being said, I mean, it's it's an okay film. I guess I put a lot of high expectations on a theatrical sequel or prequel or whatever you want to call this to the original Wizard of Oz. You know, because the, the original Wizard of Oz was considered like, uh, you know, it's a it was a technical sort of I don't want to say benchmark, but you know that that original transition from black and white to color was. Mm-hmm. An amazing thing back then. Like, people were just like, whoa. You know. You know, I think we're all a little jaded these days on sort of what the film's expected to look like. and But I, I think it was good overall. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dissuade anybody from going to see it unless I knew they were like a super huge, like, Wizard of Oz nerd, you know. I might, I, think it was I might give them a little bit of warning. But um, for me, my because uh, I saw that as well, but my, my other film was uh, I did go see Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh. Um, which was actually, I actually really enjoyed it. The, the, the weird thing about that film was, because, you know, we talked about this back in the past, was that they pretty much had shot the whole movie and then tested, did test screenings on it and the test screenings were horrible so they basically went back and sort of reshot almost the whole movie um because it was sort of like a really campy comedy originally and then they ended up they ended up cutting a lot of that comedy out but there's a little bit there's enough of it left in that it's sort of this weird mix of campiness and sort of action film um but it is a really interesting take on that whole sort of story and fairy tale. It's you kind of have to, you know, you totally have to do a suspension of disbelief though, because they, you know, I was, they totally try to make you convince you that this is like in our past, like, 
at some point in our past that this actually happened and that there is this somehow magical land floating just above the clouds that we can't see where all the giants live. Um, Cause they actually tied a whole, the whole thing into modern day London at the end of it. So hello. Yes. Oh, I like totally lost everybody there for a second. <laughs> oh no. I'm like, hello. Is anybody there? Yeah. I was, I was partially like, it doesn't sound like it's that interesting of a movie. Um, it's, it's sort of like, uh, take a fairy tale and sort of mash it up with, um, I didn't see the, um, what was the recent one with the, with the Hansel and Gretel? I didn't see that, Mm -hmm. but it seems to me like it was kind of like, let's make this sort of action-y kind of that sort of vein. Totally. But, but it wasn't it wasn't horrible. It, it didn't you know, there were some funny moments in it that didn't make me groan. I think they took all the groan inducing humor out of it and, and reshot it. But there are some general funny moments in it and I think they balance it out pretty well. You know. It's not like watching um what was the movie with Franco? Your Highness. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Just it's not, stupid, stupid comedy. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have any of that stupid comedy in it, but it mm-hmm. does have some comedy in it. You know, you have some comedic moments with some of the giants, you know, and the whole thing. Like I guess the Is whole. It, if you're if you're not able to suspend the whole disbelief about it being part of like our world, though, it, it might be a little hard to swallow. Oh. Uh, is is there anybody? Is there any anybody in it? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ewan McGregor is in it. Um, oh, really? I didn't think I. Re- I don't. I didn't realize that. The guy from. Oh, I can never think of his name. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, did any of you guys see? Um, I think it was called Pillars of the Earth miniseries. Uh, one of the the main bad guy from that was in it. I'm looking it up now because I can't think of his name. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. He well, he's in it, and you know, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, um. Stanley Tucci, Ewan McGregor, um, Ian McShane. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, Ian McShane. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So they do have some names in it. I I wasn't sure. I didn't didn't catch that during the whole process of seeing it go in and out of the theater. Yeah. Oh, and Warwick Davis is in it too. Warwick Davis is in it. You've got um, Nicholas Holt who. Uh, was in X-Men First Class as Beast. Right. right. Boy. Um, so it's got... And the dude from... Oh, actually from your movie, Warm Bodies. The lead Oh. From- yeah, he is. That is. Yeah, he is. I just thought about that. Nope. That is him. So, yes. The answer to your question is yes. <laughs> okay. So there are some names in it. Yes. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I was actually really shocked... I totally didn't know that Ewan McGregor was in it. So when he came on screen, I'm like, holy cow. You know, I like wasn't expecting him to see him in that kind of a movie. Like I figured he'd sort of gone beyond doing anything that wasn't super drama, serious, 
you know, or, you know, I will, we'll forgive him for star Wars, but, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So fair enough. Well, well, we can go one of two ways with this. Um, since you had Nicholas Holt in yours, mm-hmm. then I, I'll go ahead and go to warm bodies. Um, Okay, I finally had a chance to see it because you knew I was going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew I was going to see this movie. Yeah. Definitely, definitely creative. Definitely. I I saw it too, so. Yeah, definitely creative. Uh, definitely a whole new aspect of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, in, in some ways, I still don't understand how he started to turn back. Right. You know what I mean? They don't really explain that very well. It's just sort of a... Yeah. It's sort of like he all of a sudden just came out of the zombification. Mm. And I I don't get that. Well, to me, because, I mean, I think you have to ignore the fact that he was like the spoken character, like the narrator. Mm -hmm. You know, because in the very beginning, he's still very much just sort of a zombie and just saying like, oh, I kind of do this every day, you know, like this. Yeah, he's kind of like, well, I'm a zombie and I'm trapped as a zombie and this is what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't really until he saw her. Right. You know, that I guess they're saying is like, for whatever reason, you know, that spark. like It started his heart back up or something. Right. Right. I recognize that piece of it, but but the but the beginning was actually super creative. Like that first half hour of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, where he's just like, "Yep, I'm a zombie. <laughs> I don't really know how it happened, mm-hmm. but I just know what I am." Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, you know, and he's like walking around. He's like, "This is my best friend." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, they're having that, a conversation. That shit's pretty funny, <laughs> like, like you know, like it's super creative, mm-hmm. um, a whole new take on the zombie side of things, um, you know. And then as he's walking around, you know, and then then they get into the whole fight with the that group of people, mm-hmm. and you know, and he's just like, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, but I got to do it. Right, and, you know, right. and he eats the guy, her boyfriend. Right. Sorry, I ate your boyfriend. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and and then there's that whole aspect of, but that was but the new twist, which I thought was kind of an odd twist, was what they talked about was when you eat the brains that you get the memories. Yeah, that was weird. That was, yeah. I mean, you know that that would that took it into a place I wasn't quite prepared for, um, and and that was of course part of the thing that sparked this interest in the girl. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he could start, he started communicating with her, started doing those. And, you know, so it kind of lost me a little bit there, but I found, but I still found it pretty interesting. You know, it's a a satirical look at zombies, but not in the same um, genre as some of the, some of the mockumentaries that are on Netflix. Right. Um, You know, like, like zombie Americans and, or American zombie, sorry. And like, ah, zombies and stuff like that, which are. You know, like, you know, American Zombie is kind of funny because it's talking about zombie rights, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. Um, well, it had the, it very know. much had the possibility of going sort of to like this really weird, creepy place because, you know, you had him where obviously, you know, he ate her boyfriend and he had the memories of 
like the t- the time that the, her boyfriend spent with her, so he knew things about her. The word started to get a little creepy where they were like walking that fine line was like when he would like he was holding on to pieces of it and was like eating like a little bit more of it to like here I'm gonna find something else out about her that I can use to <laughs> to get her on top together. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. Yeah, that that was a little stalkery. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but really, stalker. I mean, zombies are stalkers in their core identity. So you know, hey, kind of fits. <laughs> but but definitely, if you you know, I would recommend it to for people who like who like that kind of satire, right? Uh, but also, you know, like it, it's not a hardcore horror movie. No. Um, but it's it's funny. So if you're a horror fan. I think it's something that people would like. Yeah. What, what did you think of the um, the bonies or whatever? Is that what they were called? I'm trying to remember when they when they finally lose their soul or yeah. whatever. Um, I thought that was a really interesting take. Yeah. Um, when it's sort of like when you finally have lost all hope and and piece of humanity of you, right. you turn into this the bony guys. And and I thought that that was an interesting take. It's sort of like zombie, the next level zombie, mm-hmm. you know. And I could see how he was trying to fight to not become that, right? You know, um, and I, but I thought that that was intriguing, you know. Um, I, you know, it was it was a unique. That was a, another unique take on the whole thing. That that while you're still a zombie, you can still. <sighs> I don't want to say feel, but interact and kind of retain some humanity. But the, as soon as you give all that up, you become this super creature. Yeah, it, it seemed kind of like, uh, you know, again, because the beginning of the movie, you know, since he's narrating and you're sort of in his head. Right. You know, it does kind of come off as like, I'm just sort of trapped. You know, I'm trapped in this body doing these things. You know, and it's you can see how like <clears throat> he's beginning to sort of lose it, you know, because he's just like, yeah, this is kind of what we do, and you know, I don't really want to do this, but I'm gonna do it because it's what I do. It's what I do. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it was just like it's very much there's there's sort of a little bit of a horrific aspect there. Like, I'm slowly turning into this thing, regardless of how hard. Right. I don't want to be it. You know. no, how hard I tr- no matter how hard I try, I will eventually be that. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. But I, but I'm refusing to get be it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So it was very. I would agree. It's a very unique take on the whole zombie thing. You know, aspects of it. And surprisingly heady. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. Yeah, when I saw the first of the trailers for that, I was sort of intrigued and sort of like, I don't know really what to make of that. You know. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. And it's actually one, Jeff, I think that you would like cuz it's not like a straight horror movie, but it's like I said it's it's heady enough that I think that you would think it was an interesting movie. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, the trailer turned me completely off. There's, you know, I, w- 
I think there's this thing going on right now with trailers that like they're doing things on purpose to sort of almost misrepresent what the movie really is about. Right. Um, you know, there's been they a don't lot want of the whole movie away. Right. But there yeah. There's there's been a lot of that sort of backlash with the new Superman movie. Um as I was reading today that I guess they've they've released some of the results of the test screenings and the test screenings have been really positive. But a lot of people just going off the trailer, you know, watching the trailer, they thought that it was going to be a very cerebral sort of boring film. And uh, I guess it's anything but that. But you would never really catch that from the trailer, you know, so. It's it's a fine line you walk. You have to put enough out about there about your film in a way that's going to attract people to see it without giving away the whole hog. And I think that's you know not an easy thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. and most often that whole trailer thing is done by a completely different team of people that have nothing to do with the actual filmmakers. You know. I know sometimes they have a lot of input into it, but a lot of times it's like a completely different team making the trailer for the studio. But yeah, if somebody, if somebody, uh, you know, if you were hanging out with somebody and they suggested it, Jeff, I wouldn't put up too much of a fight to not watch it. I would say, go ahead. I'll just whine in bits and moan and move on until you until you watch it and like it. <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> So bad. Yes. So next. Well, it's like, do 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 you want to talk about um, your unhighlighted item there, Jeff, or do you want to keep moving? Uh, Oh dear. Um, actually, Hodor. Actually, in this case, I'm sorry. Used to uh, Hodor from World of Warcraft, but Hodor. Um, yeah, I got to uh, see his prosthetic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, just recently purchased the Game of Thrones Season 1 Blu-ray DVD digital mm-hmm. copy set uh, and have been thoroughly enjoying it. I've already seen already had seen a few of the episodes, but I haven't watched the whole season yet. So, Have you, uh, have you watched any of the uh, supplemental material? Um, I've, I have, like, during... The episode it has the uh, in episode guide, which yes. has come in handy on occasion just to be like, what's this this guy's name again? Right. Um, uh, and it's nice and easy to use too. Um, well, I li- I like that it has like you know I'm trying to remember the uh, the one that I was using it to show somebody was oh the Battle of the Trident. Like mm-hmm. you click on it, it had like this whole like animated. Yeah, it's like a featurette. I was like, "Whoa, this is really storyboard cool. narrated by one of the characters." Like, a, yeah, I've I looked at a couple of those too, but then I got too much into the actual episode itself. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it was it's basically kind of extending the information you get. Uh, it's almost in some sense, it's also kind of like in a book where you're reading along and you're like, "Okay, they mentioned this. What is this?" 
mm-hmm. and it gives you a link where you can go find some information about it. And then you go back to your book and continue reading, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the same sort of thing. And it's just as many along the right-hand side that you you can go through. It just kind of pops up over the, the episode. And it's, it's, it's pretty out of the way, so I always have it on. Yeah, there's... There's a lot of stuff that, I mean, the reason why that stuff is there is because a lot of that information was sort of cut out of the show for time. Because mm-hmm. most of that stuff is in the book, you know, being told by a character or something like that. And mm-hmm. so they have all that information in it. So you can sort of, they keep mentioning this thing. What is it? And, you know, go back and, because it will make, it will help things make sense. Um better as you yeah. watch it so, and, and as i said it's it's it stays out of the, out of the way when you're watching yeah. it so this is this is one of the reasons why you get physical <clears throat> because i also have the digital copies yeah that, that came with it so uh actually didn't come with it <laughs> the box didn't actually have the digital copy with it which apparently was a major major problem both seasons one and two uh-huh. Um, and uh, basically what people have been doing is uh, there's an email address that gets like HBO digital copy support or something like that and, and you just shoot me an email with proof that you made the purchase mm-hmm. and they basically within a day they email me back with a code and the cool thing was the best part of I love HBO now I got two digital copies in some sense <laughs> oh, cool. because I got the iTunes copy and mm-hmm. I got an ultraviolet copy. Right. Yeah, they do that. A lot of, a lot of places are doing that now, <laughs> but, but on the rise of the guardians thing. So I would go, okay, maybe I could do the same thing in this. No. Yes. Use no. the code once. It's whichever one you, you choose. choose. Yeah. So I didn't get an iTunes copy for rise of the guardians, but I did get a, ultraviolet so i'm happy yeah Mm -hmm. pitch perfect i got everything i was like jesus i have like eight different versions of this now (laughs) you know like like what it's like you know but yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean i think the um wreck it ralph one had some sort of like you popped in a disc thing and it or something or it was just itunes or something like that yeah usually it's itunes with the disney stuff Mm -hmm. yeah Having having uh, having Steve Jobs on your board of directors tends to make that happen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so but yeah, but but there's a lot of good trailers right now. Yeah, it's starting to ramp up, man. Oh it's my gosh, really starting to ramp up. Good trailers. So I mean, I'm more excited about some of the trailers than I have been about some of the films that have been out. Like, <laughs> tell you what. Like yeah. the new World War Z trailer mm-hmm. finally feels like World War Z. Yeah, it feels more like it. I'm still yeah. I'm still holding my breath kind of. Well, yeah, me too, because I still don't know how they're going to get like get all that material kind of even sort of <laughs> into a two hour movie. Yeah. Uh, but. But it feels a lot more like it because you start to see him interviewing people and talking to people in this new trailer that's out. Right. So for those of you who are really anticipating World War Z and saw that first trailer and were like, I don't know about this. Watch the second trailer. It makes you feel better. (laughs) Made me feel better, at least. Right. Um, And you get to see a couple different scenes. 
yeah. um, that they didn't show in that first one. So um, I'm still interested in seeing where it goes. Don't get me wrong. But Lord knows I'm going to see the damn movie. So it doesn't matter what, you know, I can talk a bitch about the trailer all day long. But even if it was a horrible trailer, I'm still going to go see the movie. <laughs> you know, so, so I, I read <laughs> I read the zombie survival guide on my way to TBRU. Did you? Yeah, I was reading it on the plane. <laughs> Chad Chad was looking over and he's like he's looking at my iPad and he's like what are you reading because it's got like all the little yeah. illustrations of like weapons and stuff yeah he's like what is it you're reading and I'm like oh this is a zombie survival guy and he's like what I'm like, <laughs> it's the precursor it. right. yeah. I'm like well you know if there's ever a zombie outbreak I want to be educated on what I should do and all that stuff he's like you're kidding me right and I'm like no here read it and I gave it to him he's like is this for real like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's totally for real. You know? So you but, should get the audio book too. The audio book version is a lot of fun. Oh, of the survival guide? Yeah, believe it or not, it's actually pretty fun. That's pretty funny. But the the audio book for World War Z is amazing. Oh it's, yeah, it's acted. Yeah, so, and it's 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 surprisingly a fast listen. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I did it in a day, like. <laughs> It's one of those ones that, like, I can put on and I, you know, and I can put it on and at night mm-hmm. and, you know, listen to some of it and fall asleep and then come back and put more. <laughs> or I can listen to it and a drive from, like, here to Fort Lauderdale, you know, or something like that. And it doesn't make me sleepy. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in it, you know, that kind of thing. And the zombie survival guide is actually, it's pretty well narrated as well. Cool. Uh, it's not acted by right. any but just hearing some of the stuff and then when it gets into the stories the stories are really fun to hear narrated right but I've had the zombie survival guide god when did I buy that I think I bought it I bought it years and years and years ago right and I would just go to it every once in a while to read some of it and just laugh and um, of course at that point didn't realize that it was Max Brooks Mm -hmm. you know at that time um, you know, especially that I didn't realize it was Mel Brooks' son. It's yeah. uh, it's always a fun. I would imagine that the Zombie Survival Guide is probably one of those fun, like coffee table books. Like leave it out on your coffee table. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. To- but it's it's a good it's a good read. It's a fun read. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. like humor, humor with you know humor with a point. <laughs> But um, but that one's one that I really recommended to people, and then um, one I'm falling in love with because they just put out a new trailer. The new trailer too just came out, mm-hmm. but the first trailer I saw on it is the best trailer I've seen so far this summer. Really, the summer? Yes, it's for The Conjuring. Uh, no, I have not seen this trailer, so you're gonna have to. For movie. Um, the Conjuring is um, what I've come to find out from doing the research, and actually, the trailer two gives you a lot more insight into it. The first trailer is just like two minutes of the movie, uh-huh. so it's just and and it's creepy as shiz. Okay? Yeah, just watch it. Just watch that first trailer, uh-huh. and it's like uh, Jeff won't make it through it. <laughs> That first two-minute trailer is just like hooks you, and I'm like, ah, I have to see the rest of this now. It's just literally like two solid movie, two minutes of the movie. Cool. So, um, and then the second trailer 
gives you a little more insight into the fact that it's um, for those of you who, for anybody out there who knows paranormal stuff, uh, the Warrens, um, who were also kind of you know kind of in sinister that like the lady was kind of based off of Elaine Warren and stuff like that, but the Warrens have been uh, paranormal investigators for like fifty years, uh. Uh, and they are. Um, it talks about. It says that this is based on their one of their first cases, their first real challenging cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of them coming in to help this family, um, and so it ends up being kind of, you know, it, it's going to be them versus the demon, and you know, and that kind of thing or whatever it is. Um, I guess we don't won't know what it is until later in the movie or you know that kind of thing, but. Um, but now you understand where the where the concept is coming from, that someone's seeking out their help, and then they actually are starting to go do house calls and help people. So it's one of their it's based off of one of their most their most difficult cases back from the seventies. Gotcha. So it should be really interesting. But literally, try to watch that first two minute trailer and tell me you're not sucked in. <laughs> All right, you know? I will have to look at I'm it. Not sucked in. <laughs> Not sucked in. Jeff would not be sucked in, but I was totally sucked in, and I'm just like, where's the rest of it? Yep, this is your type of movie, all right. <laughs> um, but then the second trailer gives you a little more. Well, this is my favorite trailer so far of the spring. Looking for wow. it. Sweet. So, yeah, there's there's all these awesome trailers coming out for movies. Um you know, there's the new international trailer for Star Trek Into Darkness, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I still think the trailer for Pacific Rim is sort of cheesy, but sort of amazing all at the same time. Can't wait to watch it. It's cheesy. Um, and then finally, uh, they released the international trailer for, well, I hate the fact that they call it The Wolverine, but um, The Wolverine, which is sort of, uh, I'm guessing, a prequel um, to the yeah. original, the other movie, um, I, which I never saw because it looked horrible. Some people have been saying it's a sequel, like three yeah. years after three. Yeah, based off, yeah, based off of my watch of it, though, it, I mean, it brings in, um, it's the time when he gets his adamantium. Right. So, that's what makes me say okay, that it looks so it like a prequel. prequel. Yeah, but. You know, I'm usually really excited about any and all Marvel properties, regardless of its Marvel Studios or Fox or whoever the heck's got the IP at the time. Um, but for whatever reason, this one just doesn't do anything for me. I'm just, like, not interested. And I didn't know if you guys had seen it at all and if you guys had the same reaction I did or not. It just I haven't seen the... <clears throat> I haven't seen the international trailer, but I saw the domestic trailer. Mm-hmm. So I posted both of them on your okay here. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it looks like a lot of it's about him and his relationship with Lady Deathstrike. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and feeling like you know, like they did the adamantium to him without his permission and. All that kind of stuff, which we kind of know from Wolverine, um, and kind of that whole aspect of how he tries to 
deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's going to be a lot more emotional. Right. Which uh, we don't like Wolverine emotional. We he like doesn't... Wolverine. Sure we do. We like him pissed off. Well, well that's, we like, like that's like his only emotion. He's, he's right. What, but you know, off. like, yeah, you know, this is like Wolverine before he really becomes Wolverine. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I think I think he kind of come, becomes Wolverine after the adamantium. Right. When he's just pissed off at the world that he got screwed over and, you know, what have you. You know what I mean? But this is like him trying to take control of his powers and, you know, and like trying to find love and blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah, I think you've generally got the same feeling that I did from watching it. Yeah. Um, And then uh, last but not least, I'm, I'm sure people have probably seen the trailers and this sort of fits into my whole um, movies Chad's never seen thing that I've been doing recently. Um, but tomorrow I've warned him already that I am taking him <laughs> to see Jurassic Park 3D. It's only in theaters oh. for a week. Really? So, so if you want to see it, you got to see it next week sometime. I, I, I just can't believe that he has never seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, there's it's, a lot of uh, it's people. It's like mind blown. Yeah. There's oh, there's a lot of movies that he's never seen. So, okay. so <laughs> re- record him uh, uh, right after the movie and say then how he liked it. Well, you know, you when you're having a conversation with somebody and you want to bring up a film, you're like, "Have you ever seen this movie?" And you know, there's a good chance that most people have seen a lot of films that are at least in the popular culture realm. And then for me now, I've just come into the thing where I start to say the words, have you ever seen? And then I just stop and I go, <laughs> probably not. Right. Probably not. You know, exactly. and it's funny because the, the lady that I work with, I call her my work wife. She's the same way. Like she's not seen. And she's always just like, she's like, I don't have the attention span to sit for two hours and watch a movie. Like, I just can't do it. So there's like tons of stuff that she's like never seen. She worked at a movie theater too, which is kind of funny. Um, but she's like, she's seen Star Wars, which I think was like, like movies that her son wanted to watch, you know, that she watched with him. So she's seen those. But other things, it's like, have you ever seen The Godfather? She's like, no. Have you ever seen this? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh my God. So I just stopped. It's one of those, Stop again, asking. things where I stopped asking, like, have you seen this? I'm just like, I'm going to assume that you've never seen any of these. <laughs> That reminds me, I still haven't watched Godfather 2 and 3. Yeah. I got them right here in my blue. Two's, two's a lot of people's favorite. It's my favorite. I don't know. One was pretty damn good. Yeah, one is good. Two, two I really like, though. I like that one more than one. Um. So, yeah, that's going to be our little date night tomorrow. So we're going to go see Jurassic Park 3D. I'm going to make him go see it. Oh. Aww. And, uh, let's see anything else here. Uh, I news. Know. Well, we have uh, a news. Big this news is issue. this is breaking news too. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah it just just happened and reported a few hours ago. Yeah, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert dies at seventy. Yeah. Sad to hear. Like, um, what I posted are two different things. I posted the New York Times article mm-hmm. here, and then I posted a. A uh, short tribute. It's only about a two and a half minute tribute from CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where they talk about where they basically are saying that Roger Ebert was much more than two thumbs up is what right. they're trying to call it. Yeah. Um, where they kind of talk about his history and how he was, you know, the first the first movie reviewer mm-hmm. to entertainment reporter to win a Pulitzer Prize. Yep. You know, that he you know, the things that he did do in his career that were kind of achievements that were well beyond just being, um, you know, like a, a movie reviewer person. Yeah. Uh, so that's what the brief is about. So I thought that was an interesting thing to post. Um, so, I mean, we're going to be seeing some more about this clearly over the next mm-hmm. few weeks and months, you know. But, um, yeah, the sad part from reading it is, you know, that he – his that his cancer had come back yeah. and he didn't let anybody know. He took a leave of absence from work on April 2nd um, and then died on April 5th or April 4th. Died today, yeah. So, yeah, so April 5th. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah I mean, it's it's sort of, I mean, I mean, he worked for the Chicago Sun-Times. Yeah. You know, he's he's a Chicago staple. I mean, he's been part of the Chicago landscape for you know pretty much well he's been part of the chicago scene for longer than i've been alive you know uh you know i'm 38 and he wrote for the sun times for 46 years and he was on tv in you know chicago and other places for 31 years but it was always sort of like he was one of i remember you know Siskel mm-hmm. and ebert at the movies mm-hmm. you know a lot of times when i was younger that was the only place to actually see trailers and portions of film so like it was a destination show for me for oh yeah i would always watch i watched it for a long time too yeah so i mean it's just it's it's sort of it's really sad but when i think for a lot of us who like movies like he is the trusted source too Mm -hmm. so it it, like who's gonna be the next person to be that trusted source right you know, I think that that's still up for debate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's a very large pair of shoes to fill, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. how many how many of us, you know, have his app on our move or you know our phones and or you know would go to his website mm. to read his reviews and kind of and trust him? Well, he was always sort of even you know more recently. He would always be sort of like if I ever watched a movie for our show and I was just kind of confused by it or wasn't really sure like how I, f- I was kind of like, huh, I really don't know what I just watched. Like, yeah, I'm not getting it. And then I would like look up his review. It could have been from, you know, 40 years ago. Right. When it first came out and it'd be like, OK, so this was how he, you know, I didn't always agree with his reviews, but I always respected his opinion. You know, oh, yeah, Totally. Because he was pretty good at – he was always pretty good at giving you the good and the bad of it Mm -hmm. from his opinion. Right. You know, and then giving his overall review. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So he he was not – I never – you know, he wasn't one of those people who was like, this is trash. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd be like, here's the redeeming qualities. Here's the perhaps not so redeeming qualities. Right. You know, right. and if you like this stuff, then you might like this movie. If not, yeah, you know, like I could, right. I could live without it. You know, and and I and I appreciate that realistic. You know, I feel like that's what we kind of mostly do, mm-hmm. except Jeff. Jeff is like, <laughs> it sucks. You know, but 
It's crap. It's awful. Terrible uh, movie. Right. But um, you know, but overall I think I you know, I think I think I don't I don't know who's going to be the person that we're going to rely on like that anymore. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. You know, in some way, I mean, it's it's kind of weird to say this cuz he's not really a he's not a TV personality and he's not um, you know, publishing a major newspaper. You know, but in this day and age where the Internet sort of takes a lot of precedence in, in, in yeah. media, you know, there's there's guys like Harry Knowles who, you know, when he first started up Ain't It Cool. True. Yeah. He had a very, you know, the, one of the things I loved about his reviews when he reviewed a movie was he not only talked about the movie, but he talked about his whole day or like if he was looking forward to seeing like this is a movie that I was really looking forward to. And, you know, I got up this morning and, you know. This happened to me, and this happened to me, so I was kind of in a bad mood when I got to the theater. And, you know, so when I saw the film, you know, I didn't like it, but, you know, he always gave you sort of a perspective yeah. of, like, what his mindset was going in. And, you know, it's I, I'm sure, you know, like I said, he's not – he's in a totally different medium. Yeah. But, you know, it's people like that that, are, have, that probably have the, the most likely chance of sort of – Filling yeah. that spot, and know? there's a real opportunity here, maybe even for like a Kevin Smith, who, right. who is already saying that he is not going to direct anymore. Right. You know that he's done with the whole moving make movie making process, but he already he already always has good opinions on movies. Right. You know, and and coming from a filmmaker's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be interesting to hear what he would have to say. So maybe, maybe this is something. Maybe, you know, he can shoot for, right? If he would really be interested in doing that, just that. I don't know. Who do you, do you have any ideas, Jeff? I know, I know you listen to you, you you listen to a lot more, I think, movie podcasts and stuff like that than I do. I try not to do it, so I kind of don't taint my reviews and stuff. But well. I mean, just that's yeah, how but it, I would taint my reviews. I don't, I don't actually don't listen to the, as many movie oh, okay. stuff anymore. Really, the only movie podcast podcasts I listen to right now are Film Sack and uh, the Movie Bears podcast. And I don't think anybody on there is necessarily qualified to fill Roger Ebert's shoes. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, although I do have to say, on Film Sack, uh, uh, the the crew there are pretty bright. <laughs> So, I, I mean, maybe they're at a level, but um, I don't think – I mean, there really isn't anybody to fully fill those shoes, really. Right. Um, I mean, there's – if they're going to have uh, another so-and-so and so-and-so at the movies, um, you know, they're just going to have to find some of the highest-rated movie critics out there. Right. Um, in in traditional media, you know, in the in the papers, and those are the reviewers that I think none of the bloggers, but the, I think that the those people who really go to the screeners, they really think about they've they know about the medium, they uh, and have that level of critical knowledge. Yeah. That they that's who they're gonna f- try to find uh, to to replace them. Um, for any sort of thing like that, but right now, I, I mean, there's no replacing Roger Ebert or yeah. or uh, Siskel. I forgot Siskel's first name. Gene Siskel. Gene Siskel. I need to start with a J. <clears throat> Just so. Well, 
the thing that I I thought was always amazing about Roger Ebert was the fact that he was able to write so well that even though he was, you know, super super smart and, you know, he he was able to stay away from, you know, what can happen to some critics is they fall into a trap where when they're they're commenting or reviewing a film they can come off as sort of snooty and like using a lot of words and stuff that just mm-hmm. sound like big words. And you're just like, I don't really understand what he's trying to say, you know? Right. And Roger Ebert was always able to sort of pull that off, but pull it off in a way that everyone, you know, could read his reviews and, and get the gist of what he was trying to put across, you and know? And that's, that's where the Pulitzer Prize part comes in. I mean, he's a, a, an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's going to be the hardest part of his shoes to fill, you know. Right. right. Anybody can give their opinion on a film. It's being able to give your opinion well. Right. You know, so that everybody understands it and that right. all, uh, then a lot of people seek out your opinion. Right. And a trusted resource. Yeah. So, I mean, it may, may maybe, I mean, I hate to say it, but hopefully it's not, it doesn't end up being the, I mean, right now, as we know from looking at Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that, like right now, everybody is a critic. Right. You know, everybody is, this is awful. This is da, 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 da. They try to use the 25 cent words, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, to say like, you know, this film is bombastically, you know, whatever. And I'm like, whatever. You're mm-hmm. an idiot. You know what I mean? And and people don't, you know, have to agree with what we have to say, but I've never claimed to be Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, I just, I just give you my opinion, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but again, you know, I would always be interested in knowing what he had to say about stuff. So yep. he's gonna, definitely going to be missed. Yep. Definitely going to be missed. So, you know, wanted to make sure we mentioned that. And for those of us who are out there looking around, poor thing, you know, poor guy, you know, who went through a lot in those last several years. So, yep. cancer sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Anything else? No, I think we got everything covered. All righty. <laughs> That's the show, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby. I wish I knew how to quit you. That'll do, dude. That's the worst of my ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. They're looking at you, kid. End of line.